Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to Felony Friday right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Felony Friday is the show where each and every single Friday I focus on exposing injustice in the broken criminal justice system. And today's show, we will be doing exactly that. We will have the same format as last week's show. If you heard my show last week with Mark Clare, we discussed several felonies trending in the news. We played the world-famous Felony Friday exclusive game, Is This a Crime? And Will Anyone Do Time? And today we're going to be doing the same thing. We're going to be talking about some very important stories, some pretty disturbing stories. We're going to be touching on that terrible story out of Chicago, horrifying story of a couple black teenagers that kidnapped and tortured a white special needs Trump supporter. The video is viral. Everyone's seen it. We'll be talking about that. We are going to talk about a crazy article that I read that compares gun violence in Chicago, actually, to the spread of the flu. And we'll kind of see if that's if that's a valid argument there, a valid study. We'll give our opinion on that. And also, we'll be discussing the story of a judge who swapped freedom for pills and sex. We're we'll talking about those three stories and a couple more. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. That's my teaser. And I'm going to be introducing my guest in a minute here. It's none other than Brian McWilliams. And we'll bring Brian on in just a moment here. But first, I want you to take note of the show notes page. I'll have links to all the stories we're going to talk about with some notes on each story. This is episode number 54 of Felony Friday. So that means you can find these show notes at lionsofliberty.com slash FF54. And one last note before I intro Brian. Check out IgniteLiberty.us. Check out the Make Liberty Great Again hats and shirts at IgniteLiberty.us. We have two different designs, several different types of T-shirts that you can get printed on. Currently, all hats are marked down to just $19.95, and you can still get free shipping on your order. I'm leaving the code open even though the holidays are over. Use promo code HOLIDAY for free shipping on any order of any size. That's ridiculous. So go crazy at IgniteLiberty.us. And I hope you enjoy today's show. Okay, let's get this party started. My co-host for today is the host of the brand new Electric Liberty Land show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. He's a fellow co-founder of Lions of Liberty. He's bald. That's right. Brian McWilliams, welcome back to Felony Friday. Thank you. Yeah, Electric Liberty and rock it out. By the way, I'm glad you restarted that intro uh, just to, to mess it up again and call me bald in the new recorded intro. Thanks. <laughs> People won't hear the first recorded intro, so they'll have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I don't care. They can use their imaginations because you can only think how much it sucked if that was the intro that Odie has chosen to use. That's true. Well, maybe I'll use none of this and record a totally different intro. And then I'll sound really just, stupid. <laughs> just take snippets of your voice and just put them in. <laughs> Hi, Odie. You did a wonderful job. <laughs> so all, all the kids are talking about this Electric Liberty Land, man. So are you excited to have your flagship show on the Lions Liberty podcast? I'm as excited as somebody who has no time in life to do anything can be about adding one more thing that takes time out of his life to do. Yeah, well, just wait until you have a kid, and that'll be even more fun. Oh, God, well, I've tried. I've kidnapped a couple, but God, they die so easily. Yeah, they keep dying, keep getting away. So I tough. It's tough. I live right next to uh, this channel, though, and it's been raining a lot. So I just huck them in there, and they just float down. Is it a crime? 
right, let's just move on and start talking about some. Real I like crimes. to shock the audience awkward. to get him and get him in the mood. If any cops are listening, Brian is joking. That is a joke. I think I'm not sure. He might not be, but for the purposes of this show, he's joking. That's right. But let's talk about some real crimes. You know, we're recording this just so you can see behind the curtain. Everyone listening, this is a little bit before the airing of the show, so. Our facts might not be up to date with with what's happened here in this latest viral video of these couple teenagers, these couple black teenagers in Chicago that uh, kidnapped this white special needs mentally challenged student, uh, beat him up. They cut his hair. They cut his scalp and they uh, kidnapped him for, I think, like 48 hours. It's pretty, pretty crazy. And they they live streamed the entire thing on Facebook. So they did actually charge the kids. With uh, they charged him with hate crime, kidnapping, and there was a little bit of you know controversy back and forth. The talking heads on CNN were saying, "Well, is this really a hate crime, or is it a hate crime because it's were they targeting him because he's a Trump supporter? Were they targeting him because he's a special needs, or were they targeting him because he's white?" And I think everyone's just missing the point here that this is just a completely barbaric act, no matter what the reasons are. I mean, this is just just. This is terrible for human civilization that these things go on. I mean, it was such a disturbing video. Yeah, what kind of thoughts did you have on this, Brian? Well, I'll say, you know, you, you hit on something right there is that it's it is there's no excuse for this action in any way. And, you know, I, I saw CNN. So he posted in the Lions of Liberty Forum, which anybody here can go join. Just go to Facebook, type in Lions of Liberty Forum. And uh, if you're not crazy, we'll add you. But, boom, you know, somebody posted this Don Lemon video. Where he's saying, well, you know, it's it's not evil because it's not their fault. I'm sure they have very rough upbringings. And you look at these kind of things. They're already making excuses for these kids. There's no excuse for taking somebody, tying them up, and torturing them for hours. And I was reading, you know, more as more of these things come out. And like you said, more is probably going to come out by the time this airs. But they were texting the kids' parents saying, we have him. Like, like basically, like they were going to ransom this kid. And, you know, you say, well, okay, what's the cause Again, the story revealed that this kid met, the white kid met with these black kids. He was friends with one of them. They got in some argument, apparently. And the kids then tied him up and started beating him and kicking him and all this other shit. I mean, these kids are friends, apparently, as far as we knew. And then it takes them like that to turn on him. Apparently, they're violent to begin with uh, from, from other stories I've read. But to turn on him and then post this video online saying, this is, you know, this is because you're a Trump supporter. This is for Trump. You know, F white people, F Trump. I blame this all on, sorry to come back around to it. I blame this all on Hillary Clinton. I blame it. I do. I blame it on the Democrats because listen to this, man. The left has been pushing all this insane rhetoric around Donald Trump, basically painting anybody with a very wide brush that's white, that's a male, that's a Trump supporter. You don't even have to be a Trump supporter, really, just white males. They said, oh, white males are to blame for Trump getting elected. So they've been going for the last, however, six months, painting anybody as horrible people, as voters, as evil bigots, as quote-unquote deplorables, and lowering them below liberals, lowering the standards on these people where I'm sure these idiot kids are like, you know, what? Well, this person's not, he's not even human, subhuman. So they don't feel so bad torturing him because he's not on their level. He's not even considered human because of all this rhetoric from Democrats, the supposed kinder, gentler Democrats that we see out here. This is their fault. Yeah, I think you're right on a couple levels there. I mean... Obviously, the Democrats did stoke the flames here. But if you look at the city of Chicago, it's been ruled by Democrats for for how long? And they're controlling the uh, public school system in Chicago. 
And like you were saying before, these kids are not held accountable. You have the CNN host, Don Lemon, saying, well, you know, look at the terrible upbringings. we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure these kids are told during school the same thing happens. They fail a test. You know, they get into fight at school. Oh, well, you know, we can't come down hard on these kids right now. They've had a tough life. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You got. I mean, you've got to have some consequences here or you're not going to learn your lesson. This is why you have so many people getting shot every weekend in Chicago. Over Christmas weekend, like 100 people got shot. It's insane. Yeah, it's all, yeah, exactly right, man. And it's like they explain it away. They have all these programs to help them and excuse them and all this other shit. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to these kids. They're charged with a quote-unquote hate crime, which I despise that term. It's just, it's a crime. I don't care why you did it. You did it. It's a crime. You, you tied somebody up. You tortured them. It doesn't matter if it was for racial reasons or not. It's just a crime. So let's leave off the hate speech because, you know, you brought this up too. all these commenters saying, oh, well, if this was, you know, if this was white kids torturing a black kid, it would have been even worse. And it would have been. It would have been a, a huge thing. It would have been labeled as a Trumpist act. You know that for a fact. And, you know, it just it deflects from the basic center of the question. It's just why are these kids think that they can do this in the first place? And it gets back to your point. And this isn't I mean. I would obviously be, and you would be as well, equally upset, equally enraged if it was reversed. Of course. And it was and it was a bunch of white kids torturing a black kid, which, I mean, we've seen even more horrible things where that uh, that one teenager down in South Carolina a couple of years ago went into a black church and shot a bunch of black people. Yeah. So, I mean, there's racial problems all over this country, but I don't think labeling these things hate crimes really helps to prevent them. No, all it does is, I mean, it gives people an added benefit to, I guess, a benefit in air quotes, is you can put people away for longer because it comes with an added bonus penalty because it's a hate crime instead of just a regular crime. But, I mean, it doesn't deter anybody. Yeah, That's clear. If you're going to go out, if you hate somebody legitimately and you're going to go do something to them, you're going to do it. It doesn't matter what the penalty is. If you're going to if you're willing to torture somebody, and tie them up or shoot somebody, go into a church and shoot people uh, saying, hey, you know, eh, think about that first. It might be a hate crime. No one's stopping to think the only things that the only people that get affected by hate crimes are the people that do something that is not really a hate crime, but then get added with extra five, 10 years of jail time on top of it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's doing nothing to help. And we can kind of transition right into this other sort of interesting study I wanted to talk about. Out of, it was actually, they did this study in Chicago. It was a sociologist, Andrew Papachristos. Andrew Papa Giorgio, <laughs> we'll call him. <laughs> winning out, winning out all of, those cars of, in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. No one will what get movie that was that? What movie was that? That was for that Vegas was, uh, Vacation, man. Vegas Astral Vacation. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. I got to watch that again. <laughs> I got, I that's won the money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic movie. But anyway, this Andrew Papa Giorgio, he's a, a Yale guy. He's doing the study on gunshots and arrest data in Chicago, covering the years between 2006 and 2014. The researchers focused in on 138,000 odd people that they considered part of a large social network. They kind of tell you a little bit about what they mean by that. What this was is that it was based on people that were arrested together. And this network um, represented about 30% of the total of those arrested during that time. And of that number, almost 10,000 were involved in 11,000 of the gun violence incidents, both fatal and non-fatal. And the researchers ran different models, trying to see if there were correlations or if they could link anything together here over time. And they took into account uh, you know, the age of the people involved, their sex, uh, things like that. And eventually, you know, they ran demographic models on it. 
then they ran a model that mimicked infectious diseases. You know, they don't give a lot of background on how the model worked or anything. I don't think I would understand it in the first place coming from Yale. But anyway, hey, <laughs> the findings are- is the Yale of the, uh, you know, the middle East Coast. Let's not forget that. It's the Yale of uh, Central Pennsylvania. Exactly. I think that's what that's what. Because I guess Yale is the Yale of the, of the, <laughs> the Central uh, East Coast. That's fine. Exactly. So the findings here were that this viral, this uh, flu model that they used explained, or they were able to uh, like sort of forecast through time as they ran the model, sixty three percent of the shootings. Now, just reading this, it, it seems kind of ridiculous. But when you really when you start to think about it, it kind of makes sense. You know, as people get shot, they're exposed to violence. If you think about drug dealers, maybe one drug dealer has never, you know, they've never had to, you know, use violence. And we, we talk about a lot on this show with uh, the drug trade being illegal with prohibition. You know, drug dealers can't go to courts to settle disputes, so that introduces violence into it. So if you look at it from from that aspect of it. Maybe a drug dealer had never used violence. Then one of the people that's working for him on the street gets shot. So then all of a sudden he's thinking, "Well, I need to, you know, I need to respond to that." So he shoots somebody else. So you can kind of see how this could kind of, it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure if you can actually find any prescriptions from <laughs> from knowing this, but I don't know. Did you buy this model? I thought this whole study was one of the dumbest things I've ever read, <laughs> and the reason why is you know you talk about it, they're doing a study. Where they're like, well, we looked at people that got arrested together, and then you know, it's but the craziest thing happened. Uh, these people that got arrested together, committing the same crimes, or uh, were in the same gangs, or were caught doing drugs or robbing people together. Uh, go figure. You know what? They had a higher percentage of getting shot, and it turns out they get shot more than random people that didn't get shot before get shot. You know, it's like again, he says what I said. It just the whole model is based upon the fact that. These are people that are already predisposed. They are in criminal environments that have been arrested or they are in environments, which is a very small percentage of Chicago. It's like 5% because I was reading lower on. It's like 5% of the population of Chicago makes up this whole group plus. So you've got these people that, of course, of course, it's going to spread like an infectious, quote, infectious disease just because they know each other. And you already hit the one comment. If you're a drug dealer and somebody gets shot, you're going to retaliate. If you're arrested for committing a violent crime, most likely you are, you're going to be in harm's way. You're probably likely to get shot. If you're arrested for armed robbery, maybe somebody's shooting back for you or you're petty or you're breaking and entering and you get shot. I mean, the study itself, I just, it's so, it just is so stupid to me. Yeah, I do agree with you. Now that you've opened my eyes to it, it's pretty ridiculous, it's, but it's <laughs> utterly, utterly ridiculous. It is. It is. And they'll probably try to use this to make an anti-gun case. It's not totally useless, but there is one part that is completely, totally useless. I don't know if you saw this one part of it at the end talking about an incubation period where they looked at, you know, comparing it to the time, you know, when, oh, yeah, sick, like when they get sneezed on or something to, like to when that. they actually get sick. Yeah. So, so when somebody actually, you know, is involved in some way or witnesses some sort of gun violence until they're involved again or until they get arrested, until they shoot somebody, it's 125 days. So... And after that point, you're in the clear, though. That's the good news, what guys. It, yeah, yeah. So, you get to 126 <laughs> days, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Don't worry. It, no worries. It reminds me of uh, The Fifth Element. Fantastic film, by the way. Um, where they, you know, they, they got Bruce Willis. He's carting Mila Jovovich around, which he's got those uh, the bandages around her, her body. 
and uh, the cops are chasing him. And he goes, oh, don't worry. After five blocks, if they don't chase you, they're not going to chase you. And then he turns the corner and then there's cops there. It's kind of probably the same thing. It's like, you're 125 days. I made it. Then you turn around the corner and uh, Johnny Jug Slinger shoots you in the face. <laughs> That's retribution. But still, yeah, I just. Exactly. It, it's look, it, it's an interesting enough model. I'm, the model makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I don't question the methods. I don't, I'm sure that what they found is accurate. But again, if you're looking at the, that portion of the population and those specific circumstances, they're not even looking at the broader just people in a area. They're looking at specifically people that have already been arrested and people that have been shot committing crimes. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's kind of with data. You can sort of make it say whatever you want it to say. Like I posted a uh, an article in the forum this week, this past week. Uh, when you're hearing this, it'll be last week. So if you were if you're not in the forum, get in the forum so you get these articles right away. But the article was talking about it was published on Yahoo, so some idiot on Yahoo submitted it and wrote it. And what it was talking about was in I think it was in Colorado talking about where they have legal recreational marijuana, how there's been an increase in uh, oh, stomach, stomach pain, or, yeah, stomach, yeah, stomach viruses, and they think it might be related to people smoking marijuana, but there's really nothing linking the two. Right. It just, it just so happens that the amount of people going to clinics with stomach pain <laughs> went up at the same time that marijuana was legalized. So they're assuming that they're linked together, but they're not yeah, sure because of what and, they're eating more. Ed- they're getting edibles, and they're not used to the st- the the weed and the oil in there. Like there's, yeah, there's no correlation. And then they said, what? You can go in the bathtub and sit in the hot water and. It goes away. Yeah, that's the cure. You just uh, <laughs> you drink some fluids and you you take a hot shower and uh, you're good. Yeah, yeah, but but of course, no, no, we're we're presuming it's like that is the Russian Russians hacked our election of uh, weed studies. I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. No evidence, oh, that, but yeah, so that fiasco. Uh, I yeah, we I yeah, Rico and I discussed that on the first electric liberty land a little bit just how ridiculous it is uh, although they did a hearing what's the link to that first electric liberty land? oh it's just it's lines of forward slash ell1 the ell stands for electric liberty land <laughs> uh, also s- spells eel if you're keeping track at home well, it spells l <laughs> i guess it wouldn't spell eel how do you spell eel <laughs> Eel is two E's. Yeah, Wait, eel no. is two E's and one L. <laughs> Man, that's a weird word, eel. Huh. It spells bell if you add a B. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just terrified that they're going to somehow, you, and you know progressives are going to uh, latch on to this story and somehow, some way say, well, no, you see, it's, uh, you know, because guns, because, you know, there's guns out there and, and people who have guns, uh, you know, they're going to shoot other people with guns. So just wait yeah. for it because it's coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just waiting for this to be used, you know, as a, a backdrop to some legislation that's going to solve the problem of gun violence in Chicago. But it'll be another. Hey, don't let criminals have guns, Bill. They always work. Exactly. Criminals exactly. always obey the law. You just got to keep the people who are always breaking the law from having guns because they're not going to break the law to get guns. Right. It's obvious. So let's move on here to a positive story. I think a very positive story out of Vermont. Vermont governor who unfortunately is leaving office. He left on January 5th, uh, Vermont Governor Peter Shumlin. He issued a bunch of pardons, a bunch of pardons to people who had some minor pot crimes, minor pot offenses, 192 to be exact. And uh, this started, you know, several months ago or maybe more, maybe at least a year ago. He was, he's been urging people for a while to who've been convicted of these minor offenses to submit through the process 
to uh, get their you know get their pardons because in 2013 uh, marijuana was decriminalized. Possession of marijuana was de- decriminalized, and it is a medical marijuana state. I guess it's not officially um, a recreational legal state, which it might be better just to be decriminalized than it, to be officially legal in, in many ways. But anyway, this this is an awesome thing. The only question I have on this is, you know, what took this guy so long? Why do you wait until his last day in office? Yeah, good question. That's what I'm wondering uh, with what Obama. I'm still hoping Obama is going to make some big move on pot legalization, but uh, still to come. He's got a couple of weeks to do it. But, yeah, I know what took him so long. Why is he waiting until the end? Because he's afraid of the of repercussions from all the people angry about nonviolent offenders being let out of prison on minor charges. But, Odie, I, I guess. I, what's he afraid? He's going to get flooded with phone calls? Yeah, right. I mean, can he just not pay attention to it? <laughs> exactly. It's, I've been calling all the time and people don't have to pay attention to me. Yeah. But I will bring up one thing, man. That this, this I overall, I agree, great story. But then I'm reading through, reading through, and I notice one little thing. I noticed a line that said certain people did not get pardons that had minor convictions for pot crimes. And those included people with a violent criminal past, which... All right, more understandable there, but also people that were convicted of driving under the influence or reckless driving. They didn't get pardons. And that, to me, is a whole load of hornswoggle. I I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I think, well, first of all, I mean, there's a whole different debate we could have, and I think we, we should have in this show at some point. Maybe we'll bring on a couple people to talk about it to talk about DUIs and driving under the influence and the best way to handle it and how it would be handled in a more free society. But with that being said, a DUI, a DWI, does not carry the same stigma with it as a lot of people still have with drugs, with marijuana, with cocaine, with heroin, whatever. Um, that's not to say that everything's, you know, everything should be equal, everything should have the same stigma or whatever. But I think what this governor was trying to do is – in his mind, obviously, marijuana unjustifiably has the stigma associated with it and has been dragging all these people down for all these years. And that's why he did the pardon. But agreed. But that's what I, that's what I got from but it. But shouldn't he also see then extending that if he knows there's an unfair stigma associated with the with marijuana, he should be able to see that there's also an unfair stigma associated with people getting arrested for driving under the influence of marijuana. Which has studies have been done where it basically doesn't really affect you at all. It affects you far less than alcohol does when you're driving a car. Oh, I thought you meant that they were driving under the influence of alcohol. It's just driving driving under the influence. Because, you know, I mean, if if you can get pulled over and you can get arrested and given and and cited for this exact thing, for driving Mm -hmm. under the influence of any narcotic or any illegal substance, basically. Yeah, but that's pretty difficult. There's not a breathalyzer test for it. They have to take a a blood test and. I'm not even sure if marijuana shows up in your blood when you're – I guess it, it definitely will be in your blood when you're high in it. Well, in your hair. It might be in your blood for, for a longer period of time yeah. than uh, – Yeah, blood for that. I know night. it's in – it stays in your – it can stay in your urine for like a, a month if you smoke a lot. Yeah, so, so I mean I don't – look, I'm not sure what they tested. I just – personally, when I read that line, it just really pissed me off because also, look, if somebody got arrested for driving in the influence of alcohol, okay, that sucks. You know, you got a drunk driving arrest or if that's on your past – that could have been any time in the past, by the way, too. I'm not sure. And it said, I'm not sure if they were convicted of these things at the same time or not. Or if this is something where in the past they had a drunk driving and then they got arrested for a minor pot conviction. But still, true, you're not going to pardon them because of that. Maybe they had a, a drunk driving arrest three years in the past and now they're in for minor pot possession. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, sorry, buddy. Remember when you drove drunk, you had one too many. Ah, Sorry, you're in jail for the next five years. 
When you have the pardon pen out, you just keep on writing. Damn well right, man. So that was the only thing. Overall, again, agreed overall good thing. But that uh, yeah, one line just pissed me off. That's a good catch. That is a good catch. This next story we're going to play here. America's fastest, (laughs) fastest growing game show. Is this a crime? And should anyone do time for that crime? And this first one, I can't wait to hear your response to it because this is a ridiculous story. I know it's what you're gonna say. <laughs> well, actually, they're both ridiculous. That you yeah, got yeah, it. They're both. Yeah, they're both. They're both awesome. I'm looking forward to talking about both of these <laughs> just because they're so insane. But so this is out of uh, Arkansas or Arkansas, <laughs> as they say there. I think maybe they don't, but I like That's to think what I they like do. To say it personally. I'm with you, man. <laughs> There's a uh, a judge there by the name of Tim Parker who was forced to resign. Maybe not forced to resign, but maybe resigned out of shame. In the final days of his term, uh, a month ago in December, and what happened was it came to light with a little investigation by the judicial board there that he had been exchanging with women who had been charged with crime. He had been exchanging their freedom, letting them get away, giving them leniency in exchange for prescription pills or sexual favors. And what he'd been doing is he'd been pretty, pretty blatant about it. If these women were in jail... He was calling them and having conversations with them over the jail, the prison self, the prison phone there. He was texting with family members of the victims, I guess, That's texting awesome. about <laughs> texting and leaving voicemails. Just crazy stuff. So I'm pretty sure this story is going to come back more, maybe with some charges against this uh, this judge here, because the Arkansas Judicial Discipline and Disability Commission, the JDDC, they don't have the jurisdiction actually, you know, press any charges, but they have passed this over to the DA, I believe they said. But anyway, just a crazy story. But I got to know from you, is this a crime? And should this judge do time for exchanging for sex and for pills, uh, giving people freedom? There's so many levels to this. I mean, as a whole, women should be able to do what they want with their bodies anyway. So, hey, if that was part of the system as a setup, I'd say go for it. But is it a crime? Yes, it is. This, I mean, it, look, it, it's a huge abuse of power. He's clearly taking advantage of people that are at the mercy of the system. He should go and, and do some jail time. And who knows? Maybe another judge can get him out and he can do some sexual favors. But I think, it, yeah, it, it's an abuse of power. I mean, look, it's, uh, it's coercive government in micro. It's like a vagina tax to get out of jail. If you don't want to pay it, you stay in jail. Uh, if you want to pay the vagina tax, yeah, you, you, you get let out of jail. You know, this is just this guy using his his coercive government influence on a small scale. That being said, hey, would I take it in a heartbeat if I was sitting in jail? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> now, the other thing to think about, too, is clearly these chicks, if he can get them out of jail this easily – they are clearly in jail for minor crimes like drug offenses. So they shouldn't even be in that situation to begin with. Probably. Um, yeah, they didn't really mention any of the crimes that uh, that these women have been charged with, but it sure seems that way. But if they're being held in prison and there's a bond associated with it, it has to be at least you know some sort of crime with a little you know a little bit behind yeah, it. I'm they, not saying these people it, like, were multiple times or something like that where they're like, ah, that's true. You know. that's uh, true. By the way, yeah. <laughs> speaking of Arkansas. Did you read the rest of this article where this isn't the first time this has happened? I did see that. I didn't dive into that, though. So do you have more on that? It's just so funny. I just had to bring it up because it's too funny. So apparently there was another judge uh, who was – I don't know if he's openly gay or if he's married and secretly gay. But a male judge did this earlier with males in the system where he would get them out in exchange for new photos and he got to give them a paddle and like (laughs) – did some drugs that went to prison. That's a paddling. And uh, that was what he would exchange. And he got arrested. 
Uh, is is it wrong to say that that's such an Arkansas story? It is so Arkansasian. <laughs> <laughs> Both stories are really so funny. Think about so it. good, but yes, I I say it's a crime. What about you? Oh, it's absolutely a crime. The first thing this reminded me of was before I did the uh, the Felony Friday show here. We had the you know on the podcast. I wrote a column. And there were all kinds of crazy stories I wrote about, and there was one. I think it was out of Oklahoma. And there was a cop who was doing the same thing, just doing it right at the right on the street from his patrol car, who was, you know, pulling women over sometimes for doing nothing wrong and basically, you know, handing them a ticket and saying, oh, I'll rip this up if, you know, give me if you give me a blowjob like the movie Crash. He did this like 30 or 40 women. It was like it was a huge scandal. Yes. He was convicted a, a couple of months ago. But uh, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But it made me think of that. But, yeah, it's it's the same idea as that. It's someone using their power to lord over, to lord over the community and take advantage of people. And it's it's disgusting. It's terrible. It's unacceptable. And I hope that this judge spends some time in prison. I sure hope he does. And moving on to the last story of the day. I actually uh, I was, I saw this story. I follow uh, a former guest of Felony Friday, Warren Redlick, his uh, Facebook page, Fair DUI. He's always posting some interesting stories on there. And I saw this story. I had to talk about it. It's a, a man named Ferrari, his last name Ferrari, loses his Ferrari <laughs> to civil forfeiture from a, a DWI case in New York. I mean, the title itself is ridiculous, <laughs> but when you get when you get into the story, like at first you're feeling bad for this guy, and I still do feel bad for him after everything, but this guy's an animal. He, he's crazy. He was pulled over going like 100 miles per hour. Uh, he was intoxicated. He was all pilled up. He had like nine different prescription drugs in him, something like that. He had a crack pipe on him. And crack he's cocaine. Driving, <laughs> he's driving over 100 miles per hour in his Ferrari. Gets pulled over, obviously, you know, gets arrested and everything. They impound the car. They take it from him. And uh, they're retaining the car. They won't let him get it back. He actually did win an appeals court. He won one appeal. And he won a $95,000 ruling. But then that was overturned later by the uh, second U.S. District Court of Appeals. And uh, it's still ridiculous that they're taking this guy's property away and not compensating him for it. And the long and short that I got from reading it is the reason they're doing that is because he can't be trusted with a Ferrari. Like it's that it's it's too dangerous and he would just he would just destroy it. He would and he would be a uh, a menace to society, really. I was so so they took it away from him. And that's that's what the court ruled. And there is a you know, there's a law on the books in the state of New York, there is a civil forfeiture law that backs this, that they are allowed to do this. So my question for you, Brian, is in a case exactly like this, where somebody is this out of control or seemingly this out of control, maybe he's, you know, got help and he's, he's normal now. Should they be able to just take somebody's car, take their Ferrari? No, hell no, they shouldn't. And I, and I say that knowing, you know, reading more about this case, I read the long version uh, that you sent me. You know, the guy had a lot of priors, too. You know, oh, driving yeah. intoxicated, driving without a license, driving all this stuff. God, I wouldn't know where he got his money from. But <laughs> but no, they should not be able to take his car away. This guy needs an Instagram account. Oh, my That's God. He, yeah, he needs his own reality show. You can't even watch it every weekend. It'd be amazing. Give him his own. He can be at Electric Liberty Land as a co-host. There you go. Amazing. So, you know, I know he's driving around high speeds, yada, yada. But no, you should not be able to take his car away, even though if you put a, a BS law on the books specifically, it's literally they wrote it just for DWIs that said that they could take your car away so that it's a deterrent 
That's the thing. Oh, it's a big deterrent. Just like hate crime laws. Oh, it's a deterrent. And I'm sure that everybody that has a DUI is thinking, oh, well, my car's going to get taken away because of this forfeiture if I drive drunk once. No. Idiotic. They should not be able to do it. Nothing should warrant a seizure of a property, especially a car like that, which is like $300,000. Unless you can prove that it is gained through illicit means by harming somebody else or something like that, where it, on its own, it's a crime to have the car because it was gotten. Right. If, if he obtained it illegally exactly. through fraud if it's stolen, or something. If it's something, yeah, if it's fraud, then okay, then you can take it away. But no, uh, you can't take it away just because you want to deter him from driving drunk. So now you get to sell a $300,000 vehicle and keep the money for the state. And also, you mentioned, you know, it, okay, it's a deterrent. I read some more stuff. It's like they took it away from because they were worried he would uh, sell it or destroy it. Now, I don't even think they mean he'll destroy it driving it. I think they mean like he'll destroy it so it's not evidence or something. And it's like, oh. Who gives a damn? If you're going to steal it anyway from him, why do you care if he's going to destroy it? And he can't destroy it anyway as if it's evidence. You're going to have it. Or sell yeah, that, it. Let that, him sell it. Who cares? Yeah, that part, that, that didn't make sense to me at right? all. Uh, yeah. It made no sense. And that's like the legal mumbo jumbo deal. I'm like, in what way can you interpret that? Yeah, if anyone wants to read the full case here, it's, it's first of all, it's worth it to read this guy's history. <laughs> it's insane. But uh, yeah, there, there's some stuff in there. If, if there's any lawyers listening and you want to chime in and and give your opinion, for, oh, you could actually, you know, you can join the Lions of Liberty Forum. Like we talked about before, you go on Facebook, search bar at the top, Lions of Liberty Forum, join it. We'll get you approved and you give your opinion and we'll talk about it in the forum. That'd be great. Or if you don't want to do that, you can shoot me an email, felonyfriday at lionsofliberty.com and give me your opinion on this case. I'd like to I'd like to hear from a uh, somebody in legal land what they think about this. And if there's something that Brian and I are missing, it could be possible we're missing something. You never know. Stranger things have it's happened. It's happened maybe once, <laughs> once, maybe once or twice. But uh, anyway, that's all we got for today, Brian. I want to thank you for coming back on the show. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And thank you for being on Electric Liberty Land. You were uh, amazing on the second ever episode of uh, of ELL, which is, of course, it's it's a current event show. We do a little little funny stuff, talk about current events and uh, and all that good jazz with, uh, with Odie here and a bunch of our other friends. So uh, if you missed that, easy to find. Just go back, lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL2, and you'll get to hear uh, John's melodious tones. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun on that show. It was a blast. And you can find all of the archives of all Lions of Liberty podcasts at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. And if you don't want to worry about, you know, going to our website and finding the episodes, you can subscribe on iTunes or subscribe through a plethora of other uh, other podcasting apps. But if you do subscribe through iTunes, even if you don't, we really would appreciate it. Please stop by, give us a five star rating, leave us a review. It really helps us so much with the crazy iTunes algorithm that will help to get us up the charts and will help us to reach more people. So please we really would appreciate that. And also, of course, you can help us to grow the show by following us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty, twitter.com slash Lions of Liberty, following us and sharing our stuff, sharing it with your friends and your network. We appreciate that very much. That's all I got for today. This show was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>